Hope Over Hype is a podcast that shares the stories of ordinary people who are serving an extraordinary God. I hope you're in a place where you can dance because it is about to get hype. I'm really excited about this week's episode because I have two of my very best friends here, Cameron and Jared Turner. So excited to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. So I know Cameron and Jared from college. Well, really me and Cameron were friends um, all throughout our time at Gardner-Webb and um, it's just been a really sweet friendship. We um, bonded very early. We used to go on college bestie dates to McAllister's all the time just to escape from the craziness of the world. And we have very similar hearts. And um, I think the Lord just really brought us together at a really sweet time. And then he brought Jared into the picture, which was super fun. And they claimed to be just friends for a really long time. And I knew that that wasn't true. Just friends. <laughs> but Jared quickly became one of my best friends as well. And it has been a joy to walk alongside them in their relationship and marriage and um, into the birth of their little boy, who is the cutest thing in the world. Um, And I have just watched God do a great and mighty work in their lives. And so I'm really excited to have them on here and to share with you what they have been through and what God has brought them through. So welcome to Hope Over Hype. And we will just get started. And I want you to tell us how you met. Yeah, so um, we went to different high schools in the same town, um, and then we both ended up doing like an early college program at our local university, and so we met when we were 17, probably seniors in high school, and Mm then um, we we really were just friends then, and (laughs) um, and so yeah, we were both dating other people and just were good friends and then um we kind of reconnected when we were in college and I was at Gardner-Webb Jared was at UNC Wilmington and so um we started dating soon after that long distance dating lots of five-hour drives and uh broken down cars that you were there for Emma and um remember very vividly yeah (laughs) and eight months later we got engaged, and then a year after that, we got married in October of 2017. And then, uh, so we've been married about three years. And then we had our little boy, Silas, about a year ago. So, yeah. Fun fact, she actually didn't like me at first. So, <laughs> yeah. for all of you love at first sight believers out there, it doesn't always work that way. It's not true. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what do you each do for a living? So I am a physical therapy technician, which for the office lovers out there is basically the assistant to the assistant. (laughs) Um, My job is basically just to assist the physical therapists and physical therapy assistants and helping the patients get through their exercises and setting up modalities, doing ultrasounds, stuff like that. Um, And so... It's just, it's it's a good job for me because I get to work with lots of people mm-hmm. and just 
focus on serving them and helping them through hardship and getting to see them grow and get stronger. And so um, I just really enjoy doing that yeah. and being in that setting. So it's good. Yeah. And I'm a full-time nanny for a family in the area and then um, also bring our son with me to that job. So also kind of a full-time stay at someone else's home. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's what I do. Awesome. What is something that you do that is life-giving, either separately or together? Um, so one thing that we've been doing lately is um, when we get off work, we if it's a nice day when we get off work, we'll um, usually swing by Dunkin' or Starbucks because <laughs> you know us and we almost always are getting coffee. Oh, yeah. um, and then that's my favorite thing to do with y'all. Is <laughs> coffee. We love to consume some coffee, <laughs> especially if people charge us lots of money for it. <laughs> and then we uh, will meet at a park and usually just walk. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll let Silas like swing or play. Um, but it's just been really sweet with like the weather being nice and being able mm-hmm. to be outside and um, just like having time to kind of talk about our day and um nobody's on their phones and we're not watching tv and it's just been really sweet that's good do y'all have a favorite date night spot um and in theory um (laughs) you know something like an arcade or like a nice downtown Mm -hmm. at night with lots of cool lights and stuff that we can walk around but more often than not we just end up at dunkin or starbucks getting (laughs) coffee and yeah. You know, it's the simple thing. Realistically, yeah. the Dunkin' drive-through. Oh yes, especially now with the child, we don't. You know, we don't we get don't. out much. <laughs> so, but that's all right. Yeah, it's, it's it's the little things. It is. Right? I love that. <laughs> Okay, so we are just going to jump right into your hope overhype story. So the first question that I want to ask you is, what has it looked like throughout your marriage to put Jesus first? And how does that play out in how you love one another? And what challenges have you faced? So I think for me specifically, putting Jesus first in our marriage has looked kind of like understanding how Cameron receives love and how she gives love Mm -hmm. and understanding that it's not the same as how I receive and give love Mm -hmm. um because I'm a very like words of affirmation kind of person yeah and so um when we first got married you know I was obviously you're in that honeymoon phase anyway but even still to this day like I'm very you know just words of affirmation trying to encourage her um not to say she doesn't appreciate that um but she I think receives love and gives love more in like acts of service and quality time yeah and so you know I would be giving words of affirmation trying to encourage her and wasn't necessarily getting that reciprocated Mm -hmm. and at first that was kind of frustrating I guess um just because you know that's kind of what I was expecting yeah and so just understanding the fact that just because she's not giving me words of affirmation at all times um, doesn't mean that she doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a little bit challenging at first. But so I think just putting Jesus first in the way of loving her 
the way that she receives love the best Mm -hmm. and understanding like that's important just because I receive love a certain way doesn't mean that she's going to receive it the same way. Yeah. And so I think a big part of that transition from, you know, even dating and being engaged to being married and living together was just understanding like how to love her specifically. And, um, I think just putting Jesus first every step of the way makes that easier Mm. because if you're understanding, like, if you're serving Jesus and pursuing him and then also pursuing your spouse the Mm. way that you pursue him, um, you understand it's more about serving them and their needs and not so much about doing it the way you want to or, or having it look the way that you think it should look. Yeah but more, you know, serving them and giving them, you know, what what works best for them yeah. and, and what they need. So. All right. So what has God delivered you from or in the process of delivering you from that causes you to have hope? Yeah. So um, I think that God has been delivering us from kind of the same thing maybe over and over um, for the last several years and probably will be for the rest of our lives. But um, so when we were engaged, um, we had just gotten engaged maybe a few months before and we were starting our last semester of college. Um, Jared had come to Gardner-Webb to help me move in and um, it was like just out of nowhere, I felt like I was just hit with really this heaviness and a feeling of like darkness and it was just debilitating fear um and I didn't really understand I couldn't even articulate what I was afraid of I didn't know I just felt like I couldn't breathe and I felt like um it was really hard for me to even focus and you were there for that. So, you know, like Mm -hmm. I even ended up going home and, um, like taking a a few weeks off of school and, um, all of that. And so, you know, I know now that that was just kind of like the onset of a really severe, um, battle with depression and anxiety that would be kind of on and off probably for the rest of my life. Um, and I didn't know that, that at the time and I didn't have like the language for that. Um, and I also didn't know that Jared really was facing his own, um, struggles with depression and Mm -hmm. I didn't, um, I mean, I had seen a little bit of that, but I didn't know, um, that he kind of faced that as well. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I really took that to the Lord with open hands and I felt like I did everything that I knew how to do. I went to the doctor and I got antidepressants and I went to counseling and um like obviously had a bunch of you guys like praying for me and um I really did I really did feel like I sought the Lord in that and I came out of that with um just a sweeter relationship with the Lord and I felt like it was more of an intimate relationship with him than I had ever had um and then you know Fast forward a few years, um, we got pregnant, uh, kind of a surprise with our little boy, Silas. Um, and I knew that that was a possibility. I knew that I had a higher chance of having postpartum depression after that because, um, that was something I had faced before. And so that was 
I already was a little bit scared um, of that. And so when we had Silas, you know, you go to your six-week postpartum appointment and they ask you all the questions um, to see if, you know, you're at risk or whatever for postpartum depression. And I felt good. Like I had, uh, I mean, I had the normal stresses of being a new mom. I was tired. I was stressed, but I didn't feel any of those things like they were asking me and I was kind of like riding that high and then it wasn't even two weeks later from that that it just hit me like a ton of bricks again and um it was I feel like even darker than the first time and I feel like I was so mad at God I was so angry um that he would let that happen to me again and so um, and I thought, you know, a lot of it the second time came with, um, doubt, um, and just about who God was and why he would let that happen. And, um, so yeah, I, I feel like the second time, this time with postpartum, I didn't, I didn't really seek the Lord in the way that I had the first time. And I was just so angry and I thought maybe Christians were just, uh, ignorantly like optimistic maybe um and so I was just really doubtful and um you know there would be glimpses or maybe like glimmers of hope that um things would get better and even even now I feel like I wouldn't say you know our son's a year old but I wouldn't say I'm totally on the other side of that I feel like there's still days where that's a struggle um but you know, looking back, I see that even, you know, it might have been one glimmer every three weeks, but mm-hmm. I would see that there was hope and that um, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of yeah. living, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. And, sorry, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like the most hopeful thing for me through all of that is just um, that God kept keeping me and he keeps keeping me. Mm. Um, and he really does, you know, protect his children. And he kept me when I didn't want to be kept. Mm. Um, and when like, I really did not want anything to do with him. And, um, he protected me in a lot of ways from myself and he gave me, um, people around me who didn't let me choose darkness when I wanted to choose darkness. And, um, so yeah, that I'm, and Jared has his other side of the story. Cause yeah, I feel like he has experienced depression in a different way and maybe we experience it a little bit differently, but that has been something that we have struggled through together and, mm-hmm. um, that I didn't, you know, we didn't foresee that happening to both of us, but yeah. So you can share. Yeah. So, I mean, it's to say the least, um, pretty much our whole relationship has been full of our, our own battles, but, um, you know, truly a blessing to have, you know, someone to walk alongside of you and, and battle with you. Um, um, but as far as my own, personal struggles um about sophomore year of college 
Um, and this was, this was kind of something out of the blue. Um, I mean, I've, I've struggled with self-esteem issues and things like that ever since elementary school. Um, but nothing as substantial as when I got to college and sophomore year. I don't, I don't even remember exactly when, when it first kind of onset and came on, um, but just got to this place of just such intense self-hatred and which led to depression and, and really like darkness and, and depths that I, I never even really knew existed. Yeah. Um, and so that was, um, it was, I mean, it was, it was definitely difficult at first because like I said, it, it kind of came, came on very quickly. And so I didn't really understand, even at the beginning, like what exactly was was going mm-hmm. on. And so um, that just began to progress more and more and um, got to the point where the darkness was so intense that it led to um, like self-harm and um, even like thoughts of suicide and suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. And just just a almost a breaking point where I just, I really did feel hopeless and I had honestly like no, no idea exactly like what was going on, why it was happening, um, like what kind of things I needed to do to like turn it around because Mm -hmm. I just felt so completely helpless. Um, and so that was somewhere between like sophomore, junior year of college and, um, really just sat in that darkness for, I don't know, it was probably six months, maybe, mm-hmm. um, just trying to navigate that and, and, and make it through each day. Um, and then, you know, I really I really started pouring in intentionally every day, just pouring into the Lord because, yeah. you know, I reached a point where I was like, like, I can't do this yeah. on my own. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. And so, like, I just literally had, had to surrender and was just pouring into God every single day. And um, I went to to school in Wilmington. So I would just go out to the beach and literally walk to the end of the beach, like to where there was nobody out there. And I would just sit and just like repeat the Psalms over Mm -hmm. myself like every day. And um, there were several Psalms that I had memorized, but the one in particular that just continued each day to speak truth and just give me hope was uh psalm 16 um and just repeating to myself over and over um you know lord you will not abandon my soul to sheol and um that in your presence is fullness of joy and so um i mean it obviously this it was a process um to to come out of that place um and not by myself I mean, not by my own doing yeah. whatsoever, but absolutely the the deliverance of of God. Um, so after about, like I said, it was probably six months, give or take a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, slowly started, you know, listening to truth mm-hmm. and seeing his his light and his hope again, um, and really just brought me to a place of peace again, yeah. where. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of night and day. And like I said, that wasn't like a, a snap transition. That was something that, that took place over a matter of, you know, a month or so. Yeah. Um, 
but really was just night and day that that I was walking in in the truth and um just able to rejoice and and find joy again mm-hmm. um and so that was such a beautiful thing to look back um and see that darkness and then be on the other side mm-hmm. of it and just to to see all that the Lord had done um and just to learn through that and just to grow and and be more thankful for who God is yeah. that you know he won't he won't just let us go. He won't abandon us, but he continues to fight even like I mean there were there were nights where I felt like no one could hear me even yeah. if I ran out in the street and screamed at the top of my lungs that yeah. nobody would hear me, but that he was there. And so that was I mean that was very very valuable to me just mm-hmm. to have that reminder of like God's identity and who he is to us. Yeah. Um and so fast forward um you know, a year or so, and by this time, Cameron and I are, um, I, I guess, well, it, it was kind of, kind of slow onset again, um, when we were ga- engaged, and then, um, when we got married, just over the period, and even still now, um, mm-hmm. just really, you know, struggling again, and it's just, it kind of comes in waves, um, kind of the hills, yeah. the hills and the valleys um but I was thinking back when I was reading these questions I was thinking about the series before this when you were um asking people like what is a promise of God that yeah. you cling to yeah and um obviously it comes and it goes but in the valleys just reminding myself that God is enough yeah you know I, I reach a point sometimes when like my own inner critic is just so like suffocating yeah and thinking like no one loves me no one cares no one wants me to be here and just feel so hopeless and helpless like there's literally nothing I can do but you know sink deeper and deeper um but just reminding myself that that God is enough yeah you know that he's he's all that I need and um that he's all I'll ever need you know regardless of if everything else goes to heck you know that that he'll still be there with open arms yeah. and um, just like thinking of the prodigal son, like walking back and seeing the father there mm-hmm. with open arms, even yeah. after all I've been through. Um, and so it's, it's definitely been interesting, you know, walking together through that and it's been hard. Um, yeah. And, and kind of going back to the first, the first question, just understanding like how to love each other yeah. through that. And how to put Jesus first in the midst of that when a lot of times when you're struggling with stuff like that, you, you want to be selfish because yeah. you feel so, so crippled almost and, and broken. And mm-hmm. so you want to focus on yourself and then your spouse is also struggling. And so yeah. it's, there's definitely been some difficult seasons. But then, like I said, on the other side of those difficult seasons, just to see the joy yeah. and and just being able to rejoice in the reminders of who God is and, yeah. and how much he loves us and and how he truly is enough no oh, matter yeah. what happens so yeah so that is beautiful and I'll, yeah. I love both of your hearts and I'm really thankful for what God has delivered you from and what he is continuing to deliver you from what has it looked like in your relationship to push each other towards hope like in these moments of darkness and struggle how do you encourage one another to choose hope over 
the darkness that is really tempting to go towards. So this is actually an interesting question that are interesting that you asked this question because I thought about this or something similar to it while yeah. we were looking over the questions. Um, because Cameron's battle with anxiety and depression is like so night and day from my battle mm -hmm. from anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And so at the beginning, it was actually very difficult, especially for me kind of going back to, you know, how we love each other. Yeah. Because, um, like she, or I don't really understand her struggles. Mm hmm and she doesn't fully understand mine mm. and so like when she was struggling just the desire to obviously i love her with my whole heart and just the desire to jump in and want to fix it and yeah. say like you know pull scriptures out and be like this is what god says like just believe in this yeah. and trust in this and know that it's true and it's just not always that simple yeah you know when when you're talking about mental health it's just there's so many layers to it yeah. that it's just not always so easy as to say like here's the fix like mm. just hold on yeah. you know yeah and so it was it was difficult at first understanding like exactly what she needed mm. and so as we talked more and kind of went through those battles more together I understood like there are people in her life that had been down the same road as she had or similar yeah and you know, really understood like her doubts and her struggles a lot better than I did. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of got to the point where Jesus kind of revealed to me, like the best way to love her is to point her to people mm -hmm. that can speak truth, mm -hmm. you know, better than you can mm -hmm. just based on, you know, their own experiences. Yeah. And so that's not to say like, you know, I just stood back yeah. and like, you know, fend for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, the Lord kind of revealed to me that loving her through this doesn't necessarily mean, like, your hand has to be mm. in it every step of the way. Yeah. And so that was very difficult for my own pride, yeah. you know, because, yeah. like, this is my wife and, and I want to do anything I can to help her. But at the same time, it was very, it was very humbling yeah. just to see and understand that like we're married but god working through her doesn't necessarily need to include me mm -hmm. and just understanding like he is far greater than i'll ever be and yeah. his plan is far greater than i'll ever be and just just accepting that and surrendering yeah. to it was was very freeing and knowing that like she's in much better hands with our god than she is with me yeah so yeah that's powerful yeah i think the i think too the hardest part of it being for both of us is just like we I think we want to fix it for the other person yeah. mm -hmm. and like we want it to be a fast fix and we want to be able to do something about it and like and that's it's just a helpless a very helpless feeling um, of not being able to do anything and so like I didn't know that's how he felt until I experienced that on the other side mm -hmm. of like I didn't I didn't really understand that's how he felt when I was, you know, struggling so bad until um, he was the one struggling so bad. And then yeah. there's, there's nothing that I can do about it. Um, so, yeah. But I feel like one of the things, too, is just, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be 
pulling out scripture and you know like shoving it in the in the other person's face and whatever it's I think for me it's just like that he would keep showing up and um keep being there even you know like through the times that I felt super crazy um and so like and he never backed down from that or um he never was I guess he never was afraid of it and he never Mm -hmm. acted like I was a, a crazy person, you know? <laughs> yeah. so. Well, I was a crazy person, too. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Uh, that is so beautiful to hear you share because I see y'all taking one another to Jesus. And I think that, like, that is incredible. And that is beautiful. And that, like you said, like, that is the way that you can love each other well. It's like letting God take care of you, you know? And I think that that is beautiful just to know that like y'all both show up for each other and like even when you can't fix it or don't have the strength to to talk about it like you can point each other to hope and just sit with each other at the feet of Jesus and I think that is so so beautiful and so powerful. So the next question is, why is Jesus worth being the center of your marriage? Yeah, I think just as we were talking about just a, you know, a few minutes ago, when we are both kind of in a battle for like our minds or our emotions, it mm-hmm. just has become like so obvious that we need something or someone, Jesus, yeah. outside of us to... Yeah who is good and um, unchanging because, you know, when we're both, if there's ever a time that we're both down for the count, then there's there's nothing left to stand on if he's not there. And so I think um, he's worth it because we need it. We don't, I mean, we, we wouldn't make it without him, so. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot, a lot of my struggles or I guess the beginning of, of my kind of valleys yeah. um, has been, um, I guess, just my hope in people. Yeah. I'm very, like, people-oriented, very relationship-oriented. Yeah. Um, I'm Enneagram, too, so just to get that Enneagram, <laughs> yeah. you know. You've got to throw it in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm very, like, invested in, like, serving people yeah. and encouraging and you know, um, just building those relationships. But at the same time, like, I have such a strong desire to feel wanted and loved. Yeah. And so I put all this energy and hope in people. And as we know, like, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And so people are going to let you down. And so more often than not, I'm putting all this hope in people and they're letting me down Mm -hmm. one day if they have a bad day, whatever. Yeah. And so that starts this whatever this spiral down into the valley um and so i think it's just so important to have jesus at the center and it's so worth it because when you're focusing on him or at least for me and less on the people like you're good you know he's he is perfect and he is the lord of all creation and he is going to love you 
and he is going to pursue you no matter what and he's never going to stop he's never going to let you down and so if i'm pursuing him and understanding that people are imperfect then i'm going to be fine you know and Mm -hmm. and i think it's the same thing in marriage if you're understanding that the person sitting beside you at the dinner table or across from you on the couch like they're an imperfect person and no matter how much you love them they're not going to satisfy your soul Mm. and just understanding that and not putting that expectation on that person is just so freeing and ultimately i think just makes your marriage like so much better yeah just being able to rejoice together Mm -hmm. in the creator yeah so cool that's so good so so good um how have you seen the mighty hand of god during your time together um yeah i think we have we've always said we wouldn't have made it had we dated in high school (laughs) so (laughs) we we always said that because we were super immature and i think we when we finally um ended up you know dating we were more grounded in the lord and grounded in who we were in him so i feel like that his timing was uh that was his hand in our relationship and then also you know just as we're talking about now you know being able to um, understand each other and I feel like God has used that in our marriage because we are knit together far closer than we ever would have been without mm-hmm. it um, and it hasn't been great all the time and um, we don't love that those are things that we'll probably walk with until glory, but um, but I feel like God has used those to bring us closer together, and I feel like we have a lot more um, vulnerable and a lot more raw marriage than we ever would have without it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And she married me, so <laughs> if that's not the greatest example of the Lord's provision, then I don't know what is. So that was a good answer. So what are some practical ways that you can choose hope in relationships? What piece of advice would you give to people like in friendships and dating in marriage? Like how would you encourage or challenge them to choose hope? So I guess just kind of going back to what I said a few minutes ago, just understanding people and and how God created us is just so huge even you know not even just in marriage but in friendships too because you know I've really struggled with you know coming from high school to college you have all your high school friends you have all your college friends you have all these friends Mm -hmm. and then you know you get married you move away you have a kid and people go their own directions they get busy and your friends you know they kind of fall away and so just understanding that no one person or even group of people can can satisfy your soul mm-hmm. or you know make all your wildest dreams come true yeah um it's just huge because if you're not looking for that you're not putting your expectations in those people you're going to find so much more joy in your relationships just yeah. knowing that they're human you're human let's just love each other no matter what <laughs> yeah. you know and yeah. i know that's kind of a you know, unicorns and rainbows kind of answer, but, um, you know, that's something that the Lord's just really been working in my heart lately because, you know, I've really struggled with it. 
at, at times even right now, you know, just yeah. losing, losing people that I love just to, you know, different lifestyles, busy lifestyles, whatever it may be. That's, that's tough, but just understanding that, you know, that God loves you no matter what. And if, you know, we're truly pursuing him to love people no matter what, regardless if they're, you know, investing in you or you're investing in them, you yeah. know, whatever. So, oh, yeah. Okay, I have two things. Okay. <laughs> the first thing would be that there is no shame in not being able to carry everything on your own. And yeah. so when, you know, if, if may that be in your marriage or a friendship or even a family relationship or whatever, mm-hmm. um, taking that into a counselor or a pastor or a mentor, um, there's no shame in that. And we found a lot of um, wisdom and freedom from that. And so, yeah. and I advocate for everybody to go to counseling at yeah. some point in their life because yeah. I think everyone benefits. We're um, all crazy. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the second thing um, I would say is to be the person to take the first step mm-hmm. of um, talking about hard things or um, bringing those things up because I feel like in just in the last year or so, even in, in my desperation of needing somebody to pray for me or needing somebody to talk to, um, I reached out and asked people things and asked for help when I never would have done that before. And I feel like my relationships with people I had just met are a lot deeper than they ever would have been before. And that's not to say you and me to go out and share it with the grocery clerk or whatever, (laughs) but you know, obviously be wise in that. But I feel like that is huge in, um, being vulnerable with other people and um god really does has used that in my life um for for people to be there for me and so yeah that's so good it is a joy to be Austrian. i i'm gonna get emotional because i just <laughs> do it do it can't. i just let it go i just love y'all so so much and y'all have become like family to me and i just think about like even when y'all were dating and like our trips to Wilmington and like, I just remember being very like cautious of Jared, but like somehow in the process, like I just kept being amazed at God in you, like in the way that you pursued Cameron, like it amazed me the way that you loved her and the way that you wanted to get to know us as her friends. And that meant so much to me because I felt good about like (laughs) letting her like letting you into our little like circle and into our world but like even over just the past couple years like it has just been such a joy to walk through life with y'all and like in the good and in the hard and like I I just don't deserve the love that y'all give me like I think about even coming in here tonight to eat dinner with you before this and you're like how was your day tell us about all your problems sit down we love to talk about our days like that kind of like simple but passionate love is what I see in y'all in every aspect of your life. Like whether you're loving each other or loving Silas or loving your families or loving your friends, like that is gospel kind of love. Like, and I just am really, really grateful for both of you and for the way that you have allowed the Lord in to 
the very hard and the very dark and just allowed him to to sit with you and to bring you out of that. And so thank you for being my friend. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for being my friend. I'm all not getting words, emotional. All the words of affirmation. <laughs> I, just, I just love y'all so, so, so much. You and always have a room at Turner Airbnb. <laughs> no matter what. It's my favorite place in the world. <laughs> Okay, so the last question that I want to ask you is what would your walk-up song be? Just like 30 seconds of a song that gets you insanely hyped. You go, because I might take forever. So you go ahead. Okay, so I didn't prepare for this question in the way that I should have. (laughs) Because I kind of forgot that it was going to be here at the end. It's alright. But, (laughs) off the top of my head, Blow by Kesha. Oh, good one. Mm. And how, how did I know you were going to go with the <laughs> song? <laughs> Maybe not for the sensitive ears or listen to the clean version, but I think I think it it's it's pretty okay. Yeah, I think it's hard. Mm. See, that's how we different. How we're different because we <laughs> different. I listen to like every song on my phone before answering this question. But be prepared for oh, this. Yeah. I just used to oh yeah. I'm a music guru, no matter what. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to say, and any ACDC song would yes. would do, but I'm going to go for those about to rock by ACDC. Nice. The the guitar and the drums. Just this is why I like it. Gets me. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. I could give you a full list, but that would take too long. So We'll just have you make your own special playlist for I Hope would, Overhype. I would totally do it. Jared's walk-up song. <laughs> I could make you a new playlist every day. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to Hope Over Hype. If you were encouraged or challenged by anything that Cameron and Jared shared, I know a thousand percent that they would love to have a conversation with you about it. You should just book a stay at the Turner Airbnb because they are such fun people and some of my very best friends. And I'm really thankful for their willingness to sit down with me and to continue to share in life. It is a true honor to be their friend. We will be back again next week with a new episode in our couple series. I said in a post a couple weeks ago that these are not your typical rom-com stories. They are so much more. And I'm excited for you to continue to hear different ways that couples are choosing hope over hype. So keep having conversations with your friends. Keep sharing this um, with the people in your circle of influence. And keep choosing hope. And we will see you again next week.